Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well out there. Has spring break started yet? I wonder how you're doing out there. I know it doesn't feel like it in Texas. It's 30 degrees here in central Texas. Kind of crazy, but you know how the weather can be in Texas. Hope you're looking forward to some great spring break plans. I am. I'll tell you more about that when I get back in town, but I'm looking forward to that. I've got really one last thing to do today, and that's to have this show. And then I'm going to wrap some things out and probably be out the door for about a week or so. But I'm excited to do it because the timing is perfect with a lot of attention around some of the work that we do. And if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. There is no doubt the pro-life issue has been so important to the work at Texas Values, and particularly over this past 12 to 18 months with the success of the Texas Heartbeat Law. And I've got breaking news. There is a decision from the Texas Supreme Court this morning, another victory for the Texas Heartbeat Law against the abortion movement. That is a ruling making it clear that really the last effort of the abortion side and their litigation they started almost a year ago against the Texas Heartbeat Law has failed again. And that's got a little bit more procedural finish up to do, but the Texas Supreme Court rejected an argument from the abortion side today. We were at that hearing two weeks ago, really excited about that victory for the Texas Heartbeat Law. And it's timely because we've got a great guest today. Michael New is gonna be our guest today to have this discussion. He's been writing a lot about the Texas Heartbeat Law, has been doing great work for some time. He is a associate professor at Catholic University of America in the Washington DC area. I was there about uh, two months ago for the March for Life, got to be on campus there at CUA. He also is a scholar for Charlotte Lozier Institute that does a lot of research work for the pro-life issue and a lot of uh, other issues that we care about at Texas Values. And he's been writing a lot about the Texas Heartbeat Law. Michael, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Yeah, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. You bet. Well, look, I, I, le- I love seeing your articles. I love that you're able to write about these issues in some ways, uh, an academic way, uh, a scholarly way to play a little bit on your, your title, uh, because there are a lot of different people we need to be reaching during this time when we talk about issues that relate to the issue of life, right? There, there's really sort of the basics of this. There's the humanity side. There's the science side. There's the factual side. But this issue plays out a lot in the courts because of Roe versus Wade. And then you've got sort of the academic side of things when you think about what's happening in academia, what happens in our universities, in our culture, when people talk about the issue of pro-life, whether you're for abortion, whether you're not, what's some of the history of it. Um, And you're right there sort of in the middle of all of this. And you've got some great articles that you continue to write, uh, including something sort of a counter or a pushback to what's been happening at the New York Times. Tell us a little bit more about your recent piece, and then I want to back up and let you tell a little bit more about why you got involved in this work. Yeah, sure. That um, you know, The Texas heartbeat law took effect on September 1st, and we have some new data from the state health department showing that after it took effect, abortion numbers went down. Uh, abortions fell by about 3,200. It's like a 60% decline. It was a great decline. And one thing I've noticed about our opponents is that they don't often like to argue that we're wrong. Uh, they often try to argue we're ineffective. So there's been a real pushback against these statistics from uh, the mainstream media. And this past Sunday, uh, New York Times did a piece in their upshot section, uh, which claimed that abortion numbers really had not declined by all that much in Texas. They claimed the in-state decline was being offset by two things. First, an out-of-state increase of Texas women seeking abortions in other states and uh, an increase in mail-order abortions. 
or women obtaining chemical abortions by mail. Now, I took a look at this piece and uh, scrutinized it a bit, and I really found what the Times had to say was very uh, unpersuasive. And there were kind of three points I'd like to you know, make to, to your, your listeners and viewers today. First, if you take the Times piece at face value, any kind of out-of-state increase does not offset the in-state decline. Even according to the New York Times, the heartbeat bill is saving hundreds of lives every month. It saved thousands of lives since it took effect. So it is still doing some good, even if you know some of the abortion declines are being offset in other ways. Secondly, when it comes to the out-of-state abortions, that was a study done by the Texas Policy Evaluation Project. They just surveyed abortion clinics in nearby states and asked what was the increase in number of Texas women seeking abortions. So those numbers are purely self-reported. They're not government figures. They've not been through a peer review process. It's just simply, um, you know, what these abortion facilities reported. So, well, I think and, we can and let me stop there. you for just a second, too, on that, Michael. We're talking with Michael New. He is a professor at Catholic University. He's also a scholar for the Charlotte Lozier Institute. I, I mean, and look, I'm not trying to make light of this issue, but you know, for the the mainstream media, for us to believe or put a lot of faith in the abortion movement to tell the truth is absolutely absurd, absurd because their track record shows the, the opposite. But even if we were to believe it, right, sort of the point you're trying to make, even if the numbers aren't as good as the other side wants them to believe, they're still pretty strong. And I mean, look, you know, we I did some work with uh, a, someone who's a state legislator now, Briscoe Kane, where it took a long time for us to uncover and to connect the dots of what's going on in the abortion industry, the things that they do behind closed doors. We know our friends at Live Action and others that are able to produce information through videos and others um, of the truth, because otherwise the abortion industry would tell you something uh, quite different. And so, you know, uh, and I'm not suggesting you're doing this right, but let's not get out there and make it any easier for them to convince people that they're telling the truth about what their self-reported numbers are, but continue with your points though. But I just think that's interesting as we uh, we see them try to find ways to really, um, you know, distract people from what some of the strong results that we're seeing in the lives that are being saved. Right. I mean, um, again, we just shouldn't really take the other side face value. I mean, again, these numbers from out-of-state abortions are purely self-reported. You know, I think we'll get better data later on. Uh, but right now, we shouldn't put much stock in this data, especially as it comes from groups that uh, either perform abortions or support legal abortion. Um, and kind of the third point that, you know, I think I want to make here is that, uh, you know, there's a report of uh, more women obtaining chemical abortion pills through the mail. And that was a article that was published in a journal uh, affiliated with the Journal of Medical, the, you know, the uh, American Medical Association. And, um, you know, this is from a group called Aid Access, which uh, sends abortion pills through the mail and kind of facilitates these telehealth or telemed abortions. And what's kind of interesting about these data is that, you um, number of abortion pills requested doesn't necessarily equal chemical abortions obtained. You know, there's a variety of reasons why a woman might request a pill but not go through with the abortion. You know, she might have a change of heart. She might be too far along in gestation to have a chemical abortion. Or tragically, she may be just keeping the pills on hand should she face an pregnancy down the road. And it was interesting, uh, Daniel Grossman, who is an abortion doctor and a writer and researcher, he was very critical of the Times piece for the exact same reason I'm giving. He said, again, that chemical abortions requested are not the same thing as chemical abortions obtained. So I think this Times piece was very misleading for a lot of reasons. Uh, we shouldn't be discouraged. Uh, the Texas heartbeat law is doing a lot of good, uh, protecting mothers, protecting children uh, who are unborn. And nothing to keep in mind about the coverage, which I find you know very frustrating, is that no mainstream media outlet that I'm aware of 
has even bothered to contact the pregnancy help centers in Texas. I mean, the pregnancy help centers are on the front lines every day, doing a tremendous amount of good, helping women in need, and they've all but been ignored by the mainstream media. So that's kind of disappointing to me as, as well. Well, and we're trying to point people to that information, particularly women and families that are looking for that information that have made the decision to protect that life in their womb. We've got a great website set up where people can find out the pregnancy care center in their particular area in the state of Texas. That website is texasheartbeatlaw.com, texasheartbeatlaw.com. The website's not just about the law and how it works, but it's also a central point for a lot of sharing of resources and information for the baby once the baby is born and for quite some time thereafter. And, you know, and one of the reasons is because Texas has allocated $100 million over a two-year cycle to protect women through the Alternatives to Abortion Program so women can get some of those key resources for themselves, for their baby, for their family, as they make those adjustments to welcome this life into the world and outside of the womb and the things that go along with that. You know, one thing maybe people aren't aware of too, kind of interesting, the timing. So Texas passed the Texas heartbeat law um, during last legislative session. It was signed into law towards the end of May of last year, as you mentioned, went into effect September 1st, but then we were had ongoing special legislative sessions at the state level. And we also passed a law that bans the use of these abortion pills through the mail. You've got to go meet with a doctor and there's some, health and safety regulations that are in place. And so it's kind of interesting as, you know, some may try to exploit what they think is a pipeline. Texas sort of has them there as well. And it's something for, I think, for other states to look at. And I think some of the key leaders that were a part of that are connected with your friends at Charlotte Lozier Institute, um, the uh, uh, Susan B. Anthony list, SBA list, and some of their colleagues were a part of this law getting passed. As a matter of fact, the, the key member of the legislature was Stephanie Click out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I know that because the governor signed the law in a ceremony at a Texas Values event. But, you know, you can see this issue coming from different angles, but a lot of it is an, an expression or a demonstration that the abortion groups, you know, they really are being surrounded and, and, and not having a whole lot of different places to turn. And not just because the law, and you probably see this in some of your work, the culture has moved as well, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. I mean, one thing I always tell every pro-life audience that will listen to me is we've done a lot of good getting abortion numbers down. Uh, since 1980, the U.S. abortion rate's fallen by 53%. So we've really cut the abortion rate by more than half. So I think that's a great reason for celebration. And an important reason why the abortion rate's falling is because a higher percentage of unattended pregnancies are being carried to term. So it's not that women are not getting pregnant anymore. It's that when they do face an unattended pregnancy, statistically, they're a lot more likely to carry that pregnancy to term. And the reason why uh, I tell this to every pro-life group that will listen to me is because if more women are choosing life, that means our efforts are effective. We're either changing hearts and minds, we're passing protective laws, or we're taking better care of women through our pregnancy help organizations, the pregnancy help centers. So, uh, you know, we have made some real progress, you know, shifting public opinion. We've, you know, opened up more pregnancy help centers. We pass more and more pro-life laws every year. You know, I wish we could do more faster, but we have made progress, and we should always remember that. We're talking with Michael New. He is a professor at Catholic University. He's also a scholar through the Charlotte Lozier Institute. He writes a lot about pro-life laws. He's written a lot about the Texas heartbeat law. There's been a lot written about the Texas heartbeat law over the past nine months. If you didn't, um, you're with us at the beginning of the program, breaking news, the Texas Supreme Court 
has made a decision. And as a result of that, the Texas heartbeat law has prevailed again. And I just want to set this up for a second so people understand what I'm talking about. Um, But that's the top line message. Okay, the abortion groups continue to attack the Texas heartbeat law. They took their case to the Texas Supreme Court and they lost again. And that's a good thing. The Texas heartbeat law will continue to stay in effect and save lives. But here's what happened. The heartbeat law won and prevailed at the U.S. Supreme Court, but they sent the court back down to the lower court and said, well, we're not going to decide this issue, but there could be other situations where the government could enforce this law. And remember, why that matters, if the abortion groups are going to challenge, have a pre-enforcement challenge, if you will, of this pro-life law, they've got to have a a government restriction um, claim that's in place. Well, the heartbeat law says the government is not in the role of enforcing this law. It's private cause of action enforcement. And so there was this small area where the the Supreme Court suggested maybe there's some other people that might at a state level be in a position of enforcing it. That went to the Texas Supreme Court. They looked at it and they said, no, this law is very clear that there's no government official that's in a position to enforce it. It's private enforcement only. And so that was an argument that the abortion groups were making. The Supreme Court answered that question and and said no to them. So that means this case should be over. I mean, there should really shouldn't be anything left for the abortion groups to to make that claim for a constitutional violation. So huge victory today. We were in the courtroom two weeks ago or so when this case was argued, very excited about this outcome, but that doesn't change our work. This just should continue the momentum that we're going. More lives saved, more people getting educated because we're gonna have a Supreme Court decision at the US Supreme Court, not on the Texas heartbeat law. They're done with it for this cycle with the last victories. But the case out of Mississippi, that is a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. Michael, I'd love to hear how you predict, if you will, or your thoughts on where you what you think the Supreme Court might do in that case. Yeah, I think there's reason for optimism. I mean, the oral arguments were December 1st, and we're probably going to hear a decision um, probably sometime late June of this year. Um, again, the oral arguments, I thought, went very well. Uh, but one thing I'm telling all my pro-life friends is keep praying. I mean, the one thing yeah. that concerns me a bit is Justice Roberts. And I think Justice Roberts tends to be a small C conservative in the sense that he likes to reinforce the status quo. And I think he's comfortable, relatively speaking, with a 15-week ban. I'm not sure he's that comfortable with the reversal of Roe v. Wade. And keep in mind, he only has to pry off one of the judge to deprive us of the five votes we need to reverse Roe. So, again, I don't know what the internal workings of the court look like day to day, uh, but I do think that Roberts is comfortable with kind of an incremental victory for pro-lifers. I think he's less comfortable with a reversal of Roe, again, he only needs to pry off one other judge to, again, prevent us from having those five votes. So we need to pray. Uh, but no matter what happens, you know, we just need to be optimistic. Uh, we need to move forward. I mean, reversing Roe v. Wade will be a big victory. We'll be able to do a lot more protect preborn children. But abortion will still be legal in many parts of the country after that. And we yeah, still need to step yeah. up our educational service, legislative efforts elsewhere. So it'll be an exciting victory. You know, it may not happen this June, but when it does happen, it'll be exciting. But we still need to keep up our efforts. Oh, there'll be a lot to talk about. No doubt. Absolutely. There will be a lot to talk about and work to do. We're talking with Michael New. He is a professor at Catholic University of America, also a scholar for Charlotte Lozier Institute. He writes a lot about the pro-life issue, and he's written a lot about the Texas heartbeat law. We like what he said about the Texas heartbeat law. Um, and, and so we appreciate that. And But that's information. It's so great when it comes from other sources, right? And, and not just from people in Texas and people like myself, but other names that maybe people recognize or they consider reputable and they can hear a similar message. And there is a lot to be encouraged by, but we don't know what the Supreme Court's gonna do. And yeah, then it just goes back to the states. 
Texas already has a law in place that says abortions are banned if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Some states may not. There may be some work to do. I can guarantee you the Biden administration and federal government are not just going to sit by and watch it happen if Roe versus Wade is overturned. The abortion lobby, all those people are going to crank up a whole nother level of activism and attacks that they're going to be launching on this issue. But, you know, you mentioned the pregnancy centers. They're over uh, 300 or so in the state of Texas. There are thousands across the country. Some great groups. We've got links to them at TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. Michael, we're just about out of time. And I know you got some other things to do. I want to just say thank you for continuing to help educate people on this issue. Sometimes it can be a little tricky and complicated for people to understand. The more we write about it, the more people hear about it, and they hear it from a variety of sources, uh, including yourself. I think there's a lot of value, and we appreciate you doing that. Uh, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. If anyone wants to keep up with me, uh, they can friend me on Facebook uh, or follow me on Twitter. I'm at Michael underscore J underscore new. That's at Michael underscore J underscore new. Uh, whenever I write something on pro-life issues, I tweet it out. So that's a good way to keep with my writing, research, and commentary. All right. Well, God bless you. Michael New has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Well, it's good to hear from Michael. I, you know, we've crossed paths a few times, but I haven't seen him uh, or, or been able to do an interview with him. And so really appreciate him taking a little bit of time and, and just, you know, it's our way, one way to sort of us give encouragement to people that are doing this. They're making a decision on their own to write about it, but it's also, we want to say, let them know how much we appreciate that, get to say thank you. And even in Texas to let them know the value of that. But you heard me mention that I haven't even really got a chance to break down completely everything the Texas Supreme Court said. I read enough to see we won. Okay. And what I mean by that, that's oversimplifying it, but not, not, not necessarily. Okay. The abortion groups, brought their case to the Texas Supreme Court, or they were before the Texas Supreme Court, they wanted the Texas Supreme Court to rule that there were some government officials that could be in the role of enforcing the Texas heartbeat law, even though that's not the way the law is written. The law is very clear. The government is not in the role of enforcing it. It's private enforcement only. People bring their lawsuits against the abortion doctors. Why that matters? If the government was the one enforcing it, even though the law wasn't written that way, if the court had ruled that way, that would have allowed their case to move forward. They would have been able to make the arguments that there is a constitutional violation. The government is stopping them or stopping women from being able to have an abortion. They would make that constitutional argument, and then they could end up tying up or trying to stop the Texas heartbeat law from going into effect before it's even applied to anyone. That's why it's called a pre-enforcement challenge. Before it's actually enforced against someone, they could try to do damage to it and get it stopped and struck down. Um, and so the case is not completely over, but it should be, right? The, the Texas Supreme Court answering no, that government officials in any way, the way the law is written, are not in a role of enforcement should mean when this issue now goes back to the federal court, because the federal court also said the Texas Supreme Court needs to answer this question of whether or not this state law should be interpreted in any way of allowing a government official to enforce it. Supreme Court said, no, that should be it. It should go back. It should be procedural to where the federal courts say, you don't have anything else to argue here, okay? There, the, there's no government enforcement, so there's no constitutional violation. Have a nice day. Um, and so that's what we're hoping we'll see procedurally, but that's what should happen. I mean, this should be game over. And, and babies win. I mean, that's what I think people need to keep in mind. Babies win, all right? Lives are saved by this decision today by the Texas Supreme Court. And it's been going on for close to a year now. This court case, I think, started 
um, whether it was in August or uh, maybe June or July over the summer after the heartbeat law was signed into effect. But the heartbeat laws continued to be effect during all those that time and enforce enforceable and saving lives. And so, but it's good to get to a point legally where that should be the end. Now, that doesn't mean the, the abortion side might not bring some other lawsuit or try to find another way to attack the Texas heartbeat law, but this should bring a close to this important chapter. And keep in mind, just for some perspective, the Texas heartbeat law has prevailed not once, not twice, but three times at the U.S. Supreme Court, and now also at the Texas Supreme Court. I just don't know how you could be in much stronger of a position than legally than the Texas heartbeat law is in. And I don't, and that's a really strong expression about how strong this law is itself. I know a lot of other states are looking at filing something, and I'm not saying they have to take verbatim what Texas has done with the Texas heartbeat law, but it should give other states confidence if they want to um, incorporate pieces of this, of all of this, they want to try the private enforcement mechanism. This has been one of the major keys to this law staying in effect is because it is has a private enforcement mechanism, okay? Those other pro-life laws you see, including ones in Texas that have private, criminal, and government enforcement, that allows this avenue to be open for the other side to challenge these laws as a constitutional violation before they even go into effect, all right? That has been taken away from the abortion entities in the Texas heartbeat law. So the extent that other states are looking at, you know, the, the legal footing and the legal um, strength of the Texas heartbeat law just gets stronger every time it goes before court and another decision comes out that allows it to be favorable and prevail. And, and again, as I mentioned, this is about saving lives. You know, it, it, and while I want the law that we worked on and the things that we do to have strength, it's not about some you know, expression of us, of, of the strength of what we do, and, and, and some issue of, of us trying to um, talk about our importance, it's because of what it does and what it stands for, and the ability for lives to be saved as a result of this. That's what all of us want. That's when I work on legislation, when our team works on legislation, we spend hours making sure the language is as good and as strong as possible, because we know it's going to be challenged. And we know the ultimate goal is for lives to be saved, not just a law to go into effect, but then the law to mean something, to have some value. And, you know, our estimates that there were over 25,000 lives have been saved as a result of the Texas heartbeat law, in large part because the heartbeat laws continue to prevail. And as a, because of that, abortion groups aren't doing those abortions like they used to because they know that threat of enforcement is real and is current and exists. Now, some people may be going to other states. They're about to run out of states to go to, though. I mean, Oklahoma has passed a law on this, um, similar to what Texas has done, that borders Texas. We know that, right? If we're in Texas, we know te that Oklahoma is a border state of Texas just north of us, and, and many other states, 10 if not more around the country that are doing this. And I'm not trying to say that in an insensitive way. What I'm saying is this is a movement. I mean, this is the direction of the country. A lot of states and the culture has moved into a pro-life position, but we don't want women to be in that position. We don't want them to feel like, they don't have choices and there's nowhere to go and that, you know, we want to honor that natural instinct that they have to support their child. There is support for you. If you or someone you know is faced with the situation and you have a baby that's growing in your womb and you don't know what to do, you're not alone. Check out TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. We can connect you with resources. We can connect you with great people that will come alongside of you every step of the way and thereafter. And we know that it can be difficult. 
um, and, and challenging. Um, and, you know, that's the reality. But that doesn't mean that you have no choice, that your only choice is to go to another state or find some other place uh, to have an abortion. You can stay here in Texas. You can be supported right in your home state, right in your community. And might it be challenging to raise a child if you feel like you weren't ready or the circumstances are not ideal? We understand that. Uh, but don't allow that to be something that convinces you that there's nothing else for you to do and you sort of have to run and flee and hide. Stay right where you are and let people come around you. Let them love on you. Let them protect you. Let them support you. And follow that instinct, right? The, 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 and see that gift that life as a gift and as something special um, that you can be looking back from years to come and be so grateful that you made that decision for life. And these are life and death decisions. The decision to have an abortion ends the life of a child. It stops a beating heart. And, and you can't go back on that, right? And I'm not saying that there's not forgiveness for those things and restoration and healing, but I am saying that that you can't change the past. You can't bring that baby back to life. And that can be really tough. I can only imagine. And so I we're sensitive to that, too. That's not a position we want women to be in or families to be in. We want them to know that they've got support. TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. Check out our website. You want to see the information about how to get resources and about how to get connected. And look, these are just some of the many reasons I think people should consider uh a uh, donation to Texas Value, excuse me, txvalues.org. We're a nonprofit organization, 501c3. We rely on your financial support. That's how we're able to do the work we do, txvalues.org. You care about the work. We need your support. I know things are getting tough. I know gas prices are going up and maybe things are getting a little bit tighter for you. Don't forget about us because our work continues every day as well, txvalues.org. That's the best investment you can make to protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we're seeing results, right? We're seeing the work that we're doing on the life issue is saving lives. It's impacting our state. It's impacting the entire country. I would love to believe, and I don't think it's just an opinion, I think that there's some truth to it, that the Texas heartbeat law, allowing the heartbeat law to prevail, if you will, um, to stick with the interpretation that has been the case all along, on the Texas heartbeat law, not allowing the abortion side to prevail in their misinterpretation of how that law should work. Um, that decision today and many others, I hope gives confidence to the U.S. Supreme Court to see this is the direction, this is where things are moving, and that our culture in our state hasn't changed at all in the state of Texas on this issue because the Texas heartbeat law has been in effect. Okay, The sky hasn't fallen, all the prediction different people make at such extreme levels, if you had a law like this, you know, since September 1st, what I think we've largely seen is more women have the support they probably wanted all along. People having more information and being aware that a baby has a heartbeat at such an early stage, information they probably were not aware of before. All of those things support and touch us in each way, each of us in, in, in a special way, because we are all a part of this human experience, this human race, and the loss of any life matters, I believe, to all of us. But again, consider supporting us and investing in us at Texas Values, txvalues.org. You can make that deduction, that tax-deductible donation. I cannot speak this afternoon. You can make that tax-deductible donation at txvalues.org. That's how you'll help us protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week.
on the Texas Bag Report.